almost said welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size, but this one's the long one. But to, welcome, so this, well, welcome but to I did find the record it. button. Yes, this is part two of Spider-Man, and Joe found the record button. I found it. I, I There's a little man in a boat. I don't know who will get that <laughs> reference. I'm still looking for that. Now, when we do the Agree Upon episode of The Creeper next week, Joe will not find the record button. <laughs> and what do you mean by Creeper? Are you talking about the comic book character? Are you talking yes. about the Scooby-Doo nope. villain? The, or um, about that weed Kevin used to talk about all the time? Uh, <laughs> Remember? No, no, no. Yes. We're going to do an entire... Ever Creeper weed chant? We're going to do an entire, up on entire video. The entire video. Entire, entire. Biggin. Biggin. Where do you teach? We're we're doing a whole thing on the creep from Saturday Night Live with John Waters. That's good. That's good. So back to Spider Man and how I can finally find the red button. So we covered thirty years. We covered almost thirty years. No, right? Twenty. Yes. No, 20, 20, 20. 20. Well, Chad uh, James covered fifty. Oh yeah, because Spider Man didn't the show up until the sixties, and he started in the thirties. Yeah. You see, I you I'd gotta have, to have the story, context. God created. <laughs> and before, and before uh, let me let me offend some people before god there was this older brother gerald gerald <laughs> oh gerald you're so weird <laughs> sorry it's a book i do with my kid all right go is it piggy and gerald no it's gerald the giraffe so you know he can't dance you silly fool oh gerald you're so weird and so the 80s we're going to focus mainly on <laughs> we're going to we're going to start on the 80s and the yeah, 80s we're going to focus blew right on. over it mainly on the comic books because some quite as quite some significant things happened to spider-man in the 80s so in the entire 80s what you what you what you non-comic book reading folks have to understand is the weight by the band when you when you read comic books yeah you got 32 pages of story (laughs) and then you waited for the next 32 pages and there was a month february was the only blessed bomb you had because it's only 28 days to work i literally though so when you look at the 1980s for spider-man there are only 22 overarching stories told okay over an entire decade real quick i'm going to run you from 1980 to the end of the 80s i'll do 22 are you they won't take long because 1980 starts with spider lizard. Do you know what happens in the spider lizard storyline? I'm assuming a spider lizard happens. He becomes, uh, the, he, he gets infected with the lizard thing and becomes the lizard like Kirk, Dr. Kirk Connors. They did that in the cartoon too. And guess who cures him? Dr. Kirk Connors. Kirk Connors. That's right. Yeah. Dr. Uh, so, Connors yeah. from the rifle man. Cured. <laughs> comes up. Uh, oddly enough, Festus doesn't help at all. Anyway. He was gay, wasn't he? The rifleman? Chuck Connors? I didn't know if he was gay. Maybe. Was Chuck Connors? I'm, I'm Googling that now. Hold on. In, Ch- in Chad's world, yes. Um, <laughs> mm, that square jaw, that rifle. Keep going. Next, The next storyline in the 80s that takes us from February of 81 through April of 81 is the Frightful Four take on Spidey and, and uh, the Submariner. There you go. That's the storyline. The Frightful Four were basically the evil kind of it wasn't the sinister six there were only four of them uh the next story apparently that is a rumor that he was a homosexual he was actually not and they can prove it not that there's anything wrong with it now james although although some there's other ones that say yes he was gay 
who knows by the way though that's one of the things too uh a lot of people were and weren't right i mean there were they Right. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, uh, allegedly, you know, Vincent Price and, and there's. I thought rumors. he was going to say allegedly Rock Hudson. I'm, no, no, James. Rock Hudson. <laughs> Rock Hudson was, but Cary Grant's a good example. Yeah, Cary yeah, Grant no, is. No. Actually, uh, there's there's rumors about Vincent Price and Cary Grant. Anyway. Um, well, who wouldn't? He was Cary Grant. I'm thinking about it. I, was, I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say who wouldn't. He was Vincent Price. <laughs> well, I said, um, think about it. But, you know, so the only difference between the Spooky Four and the Sinister Six is a number well no i mean they're the the, the frightful four aren't overly, i'm so overly, sorry the frightful four they're not overly frightful the frightful four do you know the frightful four chad no i really don't oh I my god the they're, they're literally like it's 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 characters you just push in the face um uh i don't know pace pop beat maybe one of them i don't know like they're all the lesser known villains um the wizard is one of them they're not <sighs> they're not great not wizard chad no i know the wizard are you moving along you've only done two so far all right so in the next storyline is the beetle comes back and the beetle wants revenge because he blames everything now what you have to understand they probably get to make up with yoko no no it's yoko actually turns out to be the real villain no um so real quick though we mentioned this at the end of last week quick recap if you're tuning in a week later and have forgotten our names uh i'm gerald uh anyway um oh gerald you're so weird (laughs) anyway uh gwen stacy died and spider-man also has to start dating again and so he ends up dating deborah whitman and she ends up dating another guy at the same time spider-man is perplexed and and so that happens and the beetle breaks out of jail and he wants revenge that's the storyline that ran for several issues then we get the introduction of two characters that happened uh earlier in the 80s but they come back cloak and dagger which are two mutants who briefly had a tv show um but they were introduced actually not in the x-men they were originally introduced in spider-man uh, and so they come back and you get a great storyline where Cloak and Dagger help Spider-Man fight um, Silvermane, who is a kind of thief and uh, all that stuff. But it also includes a, uh, the three-parter includes Black Cat, Kingpin, The Answer, and Gene DeWolf. Um, we jump forward. We get another mutation storyline, Joe. I know you love those. I just so, is wondering, are we? You said this would go by real fast. If you stop interrupting, Joe. Uh, so the tarantula was a villain that was basically a fighter that poisoned people with stuff. Well, he decides he's going to become Spider-Man, so he starts experimenting on himself. Turns out it doesn't go well. He turns into a giant tarantula, and you know what he does, Joe? Uh, attack New York. No, he kills himself, Joe. Why would he attack New York? He realizes he's lost all humanity, so he kills himself. The end. Um, Doc Ock comes back with his friend, the owl. Mm-hmm. Nobody cares about the owl. But Black Cat, yes. uh, Black Cat ends up coming back. Black Cat ends up becoming a romantic interest for Spider-Man. Matter of fact, that's the next storyline that runs from February of 1983 through March of 1985. Two years of Spidey and black cat getting it on hmm. uh White then Chad. something happens though spider-man White. has a question to... yeah go ahead I, i'm gonna let james say what i'm thinking he's gonna say next because he missed something in 1984 so no go ahead. i there they were overlapping because, oh gotcha apologize 
because in February of 1984 through May of 1984, Spider-Man not only is dating the Black Cat, but he has to go to space because he's going. To, he's in some war, but don't tell anybody, Chad, because it's a secret, secret war. war. Secret he ends up getting some war. new duds uh, that are black and white and red all over. No, they're black and white. Uh, <laughs> And then he comes back, and it turns out that those those uh, pajamas he's wearing are actually an alien. Oh yeah, and that's uh, see, yep, that's this alien uh, symbiote. I said cinnabite. <laughs> he has such wonderful <laughs> things to show you. To show you. <laughs> I so, said it, and clearly you all knew it, but no one was stopping to correct me. Uh, so so. Uh, the next storyline after he gets back from space has to fight his own pajamas. It fights uh, off the Hellraisers. One, <laughs> one of one of his long-term uh, partners that helped, was actually feeding him information from the police force was Jean DeWolf. She was a police detective uh, and she ends up getting murdered. And that's the storyline that happens. And then, Joe, this is the one you should know, Joe. We should all sneak at, out and find the issues of these. You know what happened? What Spidey did from July of 1986 through September of 1986? No. He was up with you up in uh, your Eastern Kentucky nowhere land. Doing Peter, what? Was he Peter, shooting next to Ken? Peter Parker is sent to Appalachia on a photo assignment by J. Jonah Jameson. And everybody in New York goes, Where the heck, Spider Man? <laughs> because obviously he can't be in two places at once. Hmm. So people start to. Spider Man was my dad. Uh, a lot of people start to assume maybe he's dead, all of that stuff. Um, and so he ends up, uh, the best part of the storyline is he ends up getting arrested uh, just so he can have a bed to sleep in because there's nowhere for him to stay. He returns to New York and immediately gets involved in a gang war between Hobgoblin, Kingpin, several other people. The storyline, though, also includes, obviously, Spider-Man, Daredevil, and the Falcon. Hmm. Oh, and then in 1987, oh. uh, um, we got two years left, Joe. We're near the finish line. I don't know about you, buddy, but the last time I heard 1987 would take us to, oh, I guess I knew it would be about two years if you're not doing 90. Go. Yeah, it would. Thanks for proving my point, Chief. Somebody hose him down. He's not going to overheat. Uh, <laughs> Peter Parker and Mary Jane get married. So the black cat thing falls through. He finally settles down with Mary Jane. And one of the most famous Spider-Man storylines is Craven's Last Hunt, where Craven, Craven the Hunter, Spider-Man villain for quite some time, is obsessed with killing Spider-Man because it's the one hunt he's never mastered. Mm -hmm. Craven ends up dying. We then uh, have a, a brief storyline where Spider-Man ends up being drugged and incapacitated and placed in a sanitarium. That ran for three issues, has some really creepy art in it. We then get the return of the Sin Eater. The Sin Eater was a villain that basically punishes sin. Not shocking. And uh, however, he's actually Stan Carter. Spider-Man put him in prison. He comes back out of prison, but he was so heavily injured by fighting Spider-Man mm -hmm. that he's in constant pain now. So he does what any responsible person would do in that position. He kidnaps a child and commits death by cop. Spider-Man then has to uh, has to deal with the fact that he caused Sin Eater to be in so much pain that he committed suicide. There you go. 
Uh, we then get uh, Silver Sable and the Wild Pack. Silver Sable is a mercenary for hire. Teams up with Spider-Man. Uh, and then we get the Inferno storyline, which was a crossover with X-Men, uh, where, again, the Hobgoblin Hob Gob- Hob Gob- comes back. And then we end up the last year, 1989, we get three major storyline. Venom comes back to kill Spider-Man. Uh, there's an entire plot to assassinate um, a bunch of politicians. So Captain America, Silver Sable, and uh, Spider-Man team up. And the final storyline is called, uh, it's, it was actually a Marvel crossover across all of Marvel called Acts of Vengeance. And Acts of Vengeance actually involves Loki. Mm-hmm. Loki goes to all the supervillains and go, you know why you can't beat these superheroes, right? And they, of course, say no, because they're stupid supervillains. And Loki goes, it's because your heroes know every one of your moves, all of your weaknesses. And he convinces the villains to switch who they're going to attack. So instead of, you know, uh, Dr. Doom fighting the Fantastic Four, he fights the event. Uh, what does it matter? Right, right. Uh, you switch it all up. And, it, of course, Loki does it because it's entertaining to Loki to watch all these different things. And that's 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 literally all of the 1980s Spider-Man stories boiled down into really about seven minutes. And, you know, the other thing you need to mention about Venom in 1988, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Venom story on that Todd McFarlane of Spawn yes. fame was the artist. And a lot of his artwork during the Venom run is still iconic. It, oh, yeah, again, yeah. It's, it's just one of those more memorable, like if you look and you see like the intricate l- layers of the spider web, and he called you know, it spaghetti webbing. Yes, yeah, it looked sp- like spaghetti wrapped around the yeah, web. It's it's one of those those classic images that still resonates with Spider-Man fans. So uh, you can't talk about the the 80s without talking about Todd McFarlane of Spawn fame. Well, because he, saying, he gets more credit for Spawn than what he did for Spider-Man. But there's there's and there's a great cover that I love and I I, I think it's McFarlane and it's just Venom and it, he's holding Spider-Man's skull. Well, it's a skull that has a Spider-Man mask mm-hmm. on it. If you read the comic, you find out what happened. Uh, but, and, and literally, it just has, it's Venom speaking, and he goes, with great power comes great responsibility and revenge. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's just everything that is what Venom is. Because Venom, again, another thing that's great about Venom and that 80s storyline, and even today, is Venom's not a villain. He just hates Spider-Man. Right. Like, he will protect other people. He wants to protect the innocent. It's just that he'll use lethal means to do so, but he doesn't view Spider-Man as innocent. Spider-Man shunned him. Spider-Man hurt the symbiote. Therefore, Spider-Man's guilty. Okay. So that's the 80s for Spider-Man. Now, we're going to get into more of the... We are going to talk about more about the comics, of course. There are three major plot points of comic books that I want to talk about, but we probably need to start talking about the beginning of the movies. Well, the Spider-Man little in quick, the movies. So we had the '80s cartoon, and yes. it was one season. And I've actually watched them all with my kid. Now I actually kind of enjoy them. Now I'm going to be honest with you. Joe has told this repeatedly that he finds that enjoyable. I will be 100 honest, and I, I've never seen it until recently. And I am pro- out of the three of us. I'm the biggest. I don't get it. I just, yeah, it's I just not don't. bad. I enjoy. It's not bad. Um, I, I, uh, the it, it it everything about it rubbed me wrong. I don't know why. It, the, the, well, because I, it's wholesome and hokey. 
Yeah. You hate wholesome in America. I like so the Littles. We got that. Who, who remembers the Littles, though? Back to what I was saying. So they try. This is where we start seeing movies made out of Spider-Man, right? Yeah. Superman well, hit in 78. Well, they're not made yet, but this is where we start seeing yeah. the interest in Spider-Man. So what I find fascinating is that if you we've done episodes on them before, but the Canon group, Canon movies, they made a ton of really crappy movies. They made three good movies all throughout the 80s. And it's not Delta Force or uh, I was trying to think of another one. Anything with uh, Delta Force. Chuck, uh, oh, my God. Chuck Norris. The hero and the terror. They um, made it. And that's the reason. And if you enjoy it, good for you. But American yeah. Ninja, God, right. I can't. Charles Bronson. They yeah. had the two piles for the two Chucks, Chuck Bronson or Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris, so. yeah. <clears throat> and so in the middle of the '80s, for some of our horror fans, Toby Hooper actually signed a deal with Canning. He made three movies, and he ended up making three movies. One of those movies could have been. I think it may have happened even more if Life Force hadn't been a flop. Was that you can actually sometimes on eBay it comes up. I haven't seen in a long time. Oh, they've done, they had mock-up posters that they were selling for Toby Hooper's Spider-Man. Wouldn't you love to see that? I mean, it wouldn't uh, be good. I, I was going to say, I don't think it would have been very good, but yeah, it would have been interesting to see. So Cannon ends up going bankrupt. And there's this little guy who's rich as hell, and I don't know how he, I don't think he gets the rights. I don't know who gets the rights. This part I can't remember. But who's the next filmmaker, Chad, who gets his hands on Spider-Man? Well, let's talk Several, before I get before I get into that part. There are parts that you skipped over about the canon acquiring of Spider-Man. What did I skip? So Toby, who it eventually was going to Tober Hooper, but there were several other directors. At one point, uh, author Poon, uh, am I saying that name? correctly the writer was, yeah uh well cyborg yeah um yeah um he he was originally attached to albert it. he was a, albert pune sorry glenn's going crazy on me right now i'm sorry glenn um but yeah he was he was attached to it at some point too they actually had 20 million dollars invested into this spider-man project and one of the key points to know about this neither one of them knew what spider-man was that doesn't they thought Spider-Man was like the Wolfman. Yeah, Electric Boogaloo, if you get a chance, it's a great documentary about Menachem Golan and um, his name Globus. They're just fascinating, fascinating. Mannheim Globus? No, that's not it. Um, but no. Um, the one that looks like Mannheim is actually pronounced Menachem. I can yeah, never remember the other one's name. Yeah, I, yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, Gollum and Globus. Uh, and I'm still saying it wrong, even though Joe just said it. Uh, but no, yeah, they Go thought... Gollum, it's okay. yeah. <laughs> they they originally thought the movie was going to be Spider-Man gets bit by a spider and turns into a giant radioactive spider monster. And that's what they were going for <laughs> before people started submitting scripts. But no, um, so after the Toby Hooper thing, James Cameron wanted to get his hands on Spider-Man. James Cameron actually calls it the, 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 the project that got away. The, the, the one project that he wanted to do that got away from him. Now, we could go into detail. There is an 80-page uh, um, treatment treatment out there about, about this uh, in his screenplay. One, th one thing to note, there is a lot of sexual overtones. 
um, you know, the fact that Spider-Man uh, wakes up from after being spit in, uh, uh, bitten by the spider. He has a lot of like fever, sexual dreams about spiders, and he wakes up completely covered in spider webs. Um, the villains in the movie were going to be a version of Electro and uh, his henchman was going to be an, a version of Sandman. And, um, you know, it was all about them fighting Spider-Man. And uh, just to go over uh, quickly, he kept wanting to get it done, but litigation kept preventing it. It was still under, it was still under canon when he was trying to get this done. Okay. And it was, and he was trying to get it, trying to get the movie going, but it, it eventually, like I said, canon went into bankruptcy. And, and the he movie, was working with Carol Cole at the time. And yeah. Carol and Carol Cole went out of business, right? Yeah. 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 And then they bought, then I was going to say, yeah, Carol Cole bought the rights and then they, he was going to work with them. And then after they went out, it went into litigation hell and James Cameron just dropped out of it. He said, I can't do it no more. Uh, and that's, and that whole experience basically gave us avatar because that's when James Cameron said, I am not focusing on other material. I am only going to do my own thing from here on out. Yeah. Now that is the brief history and we can move on, but I do want to talk about something that is not really talked about in terms of James Cameron's Spider-Man. Um, so when this was first going, James Cameron was offered $3 million, mm -hmm. but they would not give him 3 million until he submitted a screenplay. Now, this is not what eventually became his idea. This was, fuck you, give me my money. Yep. And I want to talk about it <laughs> because a lot, there are arguments about what was the worst Spider-Man movie of all time. Mm -hmm. If this actually got made, it would have been the worst Spider-Man movie of all time. So let's talk about who was going to be Spider-Man. In James Cameron's version, it was uh, he. It was probably going to be Leonardo DiCaprio if things went the way that it was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. uh, and in this version of uh, this, the movie, uh, it was actually going to be a version of Doc Ock. In his, this version, it was called Professor Octopus. And it was going to be played by one Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So um, Dr. Octopus, like I said, is, Mitch, is called Professor Octopus. Peter Parker gets his powers in college rather than high school. Professor Octopus also gets bitten by a radioactive spider and sometimes calls himself Spider-Man mm. because that's how bad this script was written. Uh, his henchman, he has a henchman named Wiener. For some reason, you mean it's Wiener. a real wiener. And Doc Ock obsessively uses a catchphrase in this James Cameron script. Okie dokie. As and James, you're gonna love this. So again, keep in mind, James Cameron spit out this script and submitted it. This these are these are actual lines from his his script. Some of the more colorful flight phrases uttered by Doc Ock. He calls his students kindless adolescents. His boss, the dummiest administrator, and he calls science the study of forces. Now, I want to talk about the conflict and then we'll move on. Do you know what the conflict of this script was, gentlemen? No. The conflict of the movie is Professor Octopus attempts to steal Peter Parker's physics paper to complete his scientific endeavors, destroy the world for some reason, so he can visit real God's heaven. Hmm. Exact quote. So if that was well, the we would have got. 
Well, why would you want to visit fake gods, Jeez. <laughs> why would God need a starship? Yeah. So if this proves anything, James Cameron is a talented man, but you give him his money first. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Cash up front, folks. I mean, you know, but real quick. have been hanging out with for 20 years. James and I were actually whispering. We did a presentation once going, checky, 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 checky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> did you get checky? Where's checky? <laughs> Bialystok and Blue. Uh, um, by the way, going along with that, Chad, did, did, do you know, did that script have any love interest for Peter Parker? Oh, yeah, it was going to be Mary Jane. And in, I, in, the, in the one that was going to get made, there was a lot of sex in that one. Uh, like, there's one scene where him and Mary Jane are on top of, um, uh, oh, one of the famous bridges. Jeff. No, uh, it might have been, oh. been the Empire State Building. Uh, but anyway, they're on the roof and they're having, uh, they're going at it hard, and uh, she has to keep her eyes closed because she's afraid she's going to fall off. So there you go. But yeah, but it was Mary Jane. People have been keeping their eyes closed with us for years, without the assistance of a bridge. No. Anyway. Uh, by the way, though, it, it, to your point, though, oddly enough, Chad, I don't know if it's linked, but I mean, for a while, Doctor Octopus did become Spider Man. Yeah, we were going to get, I was going to get, that was the Superior Spider-Man, uh, yeah. which I would love to read because it's just, he takes over Spider-Man and is the absolute dick to everybody. <laughs> it's yeah, great. Which, which, but he even has, he like, he even changes up love interest and everything. It really screws yeah. up Peter Parker's life. Yeah. Because by the way, that's the other thing. I mean, outside, well, even Mary Jane, he loses more relationships. Spider-Man has pretty much dated everybody on the planet. Yeah. Uh, every female on the planet from Black Cat, which I mentioned earlier, obviously Gwen Stacy died. Mary Jane at one point, the devil makes him get divorced. Uh, not, yeah, that was another not one. Not the real devil, but... Yeah, that was uh, one more day. The robot devil. Yeah, the robot, you tell the robot devil I'm coming. I heard him. Uh, but I mean, dated Silver Sable, dated Betty Brant, which crossovers with several other comics right there. Uh, dated Mockingbird, from the Avengers, who is also Hawkeye's ex-wife, uh, dated Silk, which, by the way, going back to the other point of your point, uh, Dr. Octopus get built a uh, bit. Silk uh, is another character that it turns out the spider bit two people, except she was basically hidden away from reality. They locked her in a room, more or less, to train her to fight against evil Spider-Men that never really happened. They, they did. They were clones. Okay, so we're into so, the 90s. Go so ahead. Yeah, so that was 1993, James Cameron, Spider-Man. But 1994 saw another significant moment in Spider-Man history. The release of Spider-Man, the animated series, which is the far, which is the, the best animated Spider-Man, in my opinion. And also, too... I don't know. Have you seen the 80 version? <laughs> also, Chad, it also has that great techno soundtrack. Yeah. Spider-Blood. Spider-Blood. And at one time it goes spider blood, spider oh, blood. I know. Yeah. But in uh, yeah, it, but in, and you know the Spider-Man along with the X-Men animated series and it changed what you could do with the animation. In, in particular children's animation, it told ongoing story arcs because up until that point every episode was a 30-minute one-off and then it never got revisited. It was forgotten. The 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 villain's plot was quickly changed into something else. These were stories that were told, and then even two seasons later, they were re referencing the those that happened. 
Well, and, and that Spider-Man cartoon was the original Marvel Cinematic Universe as far as having crossovers. Oh, yeah. Doctor Strange pops up in episodes. Iron Occasionally, Man. yeah, Iron Man. I mean, you had those characters cross over quite a bit. Robert Hayes, I believe, was the voice of Iron Man. And then Captain America comes in. I mean, yeah, they they it was their version of the Cinematic Universe. Real quick, Rob, for our audience, Robert Hayes, the voice of Iron, uh, was uh, Robert Hayes from Airplane. Yes, and I'm trying to remember the, the movie with him and Peter Weller that I still absolutely love to this day. <laughs> and I can't remember. It's the AD Spider-Man cartoon. No, it, I think that was a canon film too, guys. I, I, I have to look it up. But uh, Peter Weller and Robert Hayes did a great action film in the 80s. That's absolutely just enjoyable as hell. So what's next? Uh, so yeah, but yeah, 1990. And uh, just quickly to, re, to hash that one out, it told a lot of the same story arcs that were told in comics over multiple parts. And the one thing that kind of sucked about it is they canceled the, the, the animated series suddenly. It didn't get to end correctly. It ended, it, uh, I believe the last episode is where he's swinging around with Stan Lee. It's an absolutely yeah. terrible episode. Um, and, you know, the, the ultimate thing that they left, they ended on is Mary Jane is gone. She got sucked into a, a, uh, an alternate universe by Green Goblin and never came back we never saw that resolution happen it was it's it's still considered i think one of the biggest tragedies of of to television of a series ending before it was finished you know that should actually be the cliffhanger for the uh next uh spider-man across the spider-verse they yeah. should just have it her appear at the end of it and be like ah, if we get a part three you'll get the story finally <laughs> um so i'm going to backtrack we just talked about 1994 spider-man but i missed something that happened in 1991 i was going to talk about this before i went into uh, before i went into that 1991 did see the the appearance of the uh, another iconic superman uh, spider-man villain carnage yeah mm. i was gonna say and, and so yeah that's a great point because uh, and by the way, real quick to my point here, I said I thought it was Todd McFarlane. Eric Larson actually did the famous cover with Spider or with Venom holding Spider Man. Oh, okay. Uh, but no, Carnage is, and I read that entire storyline when it first came out. And you you want to talk about setting something up? Like if you were geeky enough, you could tell it was coming because the scene that because the first appearance of Cletus Cassidy, uh, Cassidy, sorry, who, who is the villain? I thought it was Cassidy. I always pronounce it Cassidy too. It probably is. Somebody said Cassidy, and I'm like, nah, nah, I do. Right, I'm pretty I, sure in the the uh, the Venom movie action. they call it. Okay, that's Cassidy, dude. And by the way, that movie's terrible. Uh, but that being said, so when it first introduced, so Eddie Brock is in prison, and of course he's been separated from the symbiote. The symbiote comes through and bails him out, and of course they break through the wall. But as it pans away. The only person they could put as a cellmate with him was actually getting ready to shiv him is this serial killer. And the great scene, so they jump through the wall. And of course, when the symbiote jumps through, there's stuff left behind pieces of the symbiote. But one particular one little part of it is falling down. And Cletus Cassidy says, I'm glad that's over. And literally, it's just one little word balloon. No, it's not. And most people automatically thought, oh, it's because Venom's loose. But there were enough of us that were geeky enough going, oh, there's something going to happen there. That care They did not introduce this serial killer to not do anything with it. Right. And uh, and so that's the entire thing. Like, honestly, the only parallel I can make is 
we talked about um you know you talk about batman and 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 joker and we actually said the green goblin but in modern parlance probably the closest to joker is carnage so you think because i still think so i was struggling with this earlier because i thought joe might ask this question um so yeah i, I still think green goblin is the joker uh to batman to spider-man you know and i, I, feel I don't like, know anything about carnage well and i feel like venom is spider-man's bane yeah but Carnage, I could not put a I could not put a finger on other than also comparing him again to the Joker. So yeah, I agree with it's hard. Well, I've got a question for you, Chad, because after we did our episode, I was reading through some stuff, making sure I was prepped, making sure I was up to date, you know, doing what I do. And somebody made the argument, and I, I, I actually thought this would be because we both agreed the Green Goblin's kind of the ultimate villain. Somebody, there's a lot of people online that argue it's actually Dr. Octopus, that Dr. Octopus is much more of a threat to Spider-Man than green goblin really I, I, yeah i was like i, I don't, don't get me wrong wouldn't doc, be doc ock be the second most doc ock is one doc ock, doc ock is my favorite spider-man villain and one of my top favorite villains of all time um over i don't yeah even he surpasses green goblin for me but i'm and that's kind of fascinating i mean doc ock has done a lot of crazy stuff to spider-man well, i mean and, he's dated aunt may for god's sakes well and i was gonna say and but here's 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 their logic behind that, because like I said I found this argument and I was like, oh, and then since we brought since I brought it up, uh, he has beat Spider-Man before. He's he's one of the only people that has literally beat Spider-Man to a, an absolute standstill and won. Uh, he defeated Spidey in battle and left him like he beat him and he didn't kill him. He did, but he, he wanted to prove he could beat him. Uh, and that was way back in the Amazing Spider-Man number three. He beats him doesn't kill him but just leaves him knowing that he can be beat that's how the comic ends he's actually the founder of the sinister six so he actually is the one that brought in everybody else uh but their argument is he's a master planner so he can manipulate the situation he's a scientist uh that rivals peter parker's ability and skills like you said he almost married aunt may likewise spider-man's body Likewise, he's not a villain per se. He's done some good. He's helped people. Yeah. And so you have that angle. And he's also the one that kind of slung everybody into the multiverse. He, he was involved in Spider-Man actually going through the multiverse. He helped arrange all of that. So he has literally multidimensional abilities or multidimensional knowledge. And so some people are saying he's much more of a threat if he ever wanted to actually kill Spider-Man. And that's why I still, and also too, and we'll get into this because I'm going to let, we're going to go, we're going to jump forward a little bit, but I mean, out of all the Spider-Man films that have been made, Alfred Molina's Doc Ock is still, in my my, my opinion, the best villain that's been portrayed in in Spider-Man cinema history. Because he's, he's just so compassionate because not, I mean, he's a bad man. He's doing bad things, but he's doing it for a cause. Mm-hmm. And he still has that redemption arc, which you don't see in spider, which you don't see in comic book villains. There's never that redemption arc. It's, it, it, then, then it's a parallel that you can make for Dr. Octopus. Is he Spider-Man's uh, Mr. Freeze? Yeah, that's a good. Yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah. But he has, he did, they give him a redemption arc in No Way Home. 
No, no, and that's what I'm saying. He 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 had a redemption arc in the first one, and then he comes back and has another redemption arc. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just he he's a he does bad things. He's a horrible person, but he has emotions and feelings where most most villains are are one one dimensional. Is he? Do you think his big downfall is his ego? I mean, is that really what makes him a villain? Is that he uh, he is oh, yeah, no. superior? He, he, he is, feels it's... like he's superior. He's superior to every human being there is. Yeah, that's that's and that's what I love about him. He's just arrogant. Yeah, not not like me because I'm way too good to be arrogant. Yeah, I mean that that would I kind of would have liked to have seen that played a little bit in the movies. Other than I have this this chip that's making me bad do bad things and the 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 AI is controlling me, you know, but. Yeah, no, I love that. He's just an arrogant asshole. That's it. All right. What's next? Um, so, yeah, but yeah, so 1991, we had Venom. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to pull a James because we can't talk about Spider-Man without talking about video games. Oh, yeah, there's and some good we ones. Had, and some terrible ones. And we had the ultimate carnage. Uh, maximum Sega, carnage. Maximum, sorry. Maximum carnage on Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo. And it just came out and blew it it blew sales away it was a massive success i mean so much so based and it was based on directly it took directly from the comic storyline maximum carnage where carnage decides he's going to have a family yeah and i mean it's it's it 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 essentially is just a side scroller punch them game and god it's exhausting i still haven't beat it i don't think i ever will Hmm. but i mean it came out and it just was flying off the shelves so much so that they they released a special edition like oh you could get the red case yeah. and everybody wanted the red case super nintendo game because it wasn't gray joe it wasn't a gray case i get it i get it, it I was get it. i'm red. listening do you know here joe chad or oh, actually both of you do you know how big of a deal this was no this was so big of a deal that when universal studios first got marvel Mm-hmm. Or not first got early on in that partnership though and they did their halloween haunted their their Mar- halloween horror nights yeah at halloween horror nights 12 universal orlando's island of adventure marvel superhero island was converted entire and it converted into entire scare zone dedicated to maximum carnage because it was a horror plot line so carnage goes out to acquire everybody he he creates his family now that includes the doppelganger, which was actually a part of the Infinity Crisis, Infinity War storyline. Yeah. So full disclosure, again, uh, doppelganger. I love doppelganger. It, it's it's so cheesy. It's just Spider-Man. he said doppelganger, and I was like, oh, it's something different, like a doppelganger. No, it's doppelganger. Sorry, no, I, I know. I, but I, thought was, I didn't even hear him say it. So yeah, no, I just love doppelganger. It's it's a it's the first Spider-Man comic I ever owned was the doppelganger was the introduction of doppelganger and, and so, demo goblin demo goblin i was gonna say which is an actual demon yep uh has to do has fought ghost rider has fought other supernatural i need to get that comic book back i, I have so i have so many fond memories of reading that specific comic book over and over again because i only had four comic books <laughs> and then and then there's carrion and so basically he carnage dubs himself the father of these other freaks and and nasty horrible human and well not always human beings and so to fight them, there's a great scene in it because, of course, Spider-Man tends not to like Venom. And one of the scenes, as I was reading the storyline, I bought the comics as they came out. There's a great scene 
where because Venom doesn't trigger Spider-Man's spider sense. There's no way for him to know he's coming. He has no warning whatsoever. And there's a great scene where basically Spider-Man has been beat up. He's he knows something's going on. And I think he's like soaking in a tub and everything. And there's a knock at the door and Mary Jane answers it and realizes, holy crap, it's Eddie Brock. And um, he literally goes, I need to see Peter. And then he passes out. And he's been beat to death, too. And that is basically the first time that Venom has to come to Spider-Man and say, we need help. We can't fight this ourselves. And they end up assembling a team that includes the aforementioned Cloak and Dagger. You get Nightwatch, you get Black Cat, you get Captain America, Morbius, Firestar, throwing back in his amazing friends there. And they all have, it takes all of them to try to stop them from everything they're doing because there's, there's these other ones that they're creating such as Shriek and all these other kind of spinoffs of these this evil team, basically. And the the ultimate story arc is when it comes time, is Spider-Man going to kill Carnage? Is he willing to take that step? And there's even a scene where Firestar goes, you have to stop him. He is not going to stop. You have to be willing to kill and there's and captain america goes you don't need you don't want to go down that road son and it's that entire thing it's literally what 13 issues building to when the time comes is he going to be willing to kill him to make sure this never happens again okay all right now what's our next part Uh, where are we at now in the 90s well i'm going to jump James, do you have any other comic book uh, information about 1990s? Because I'm going to jump to 1999 if you don't. Um, real quick, and, and let me see. I had a couple notes, and if I can't find them. So there's, there's, I won't do the entire story arcs, but a couple things do happen in the 90s of note. We do get, quote unquote, Venom thinks he's killed Spider-Man. That's the Eric Larson cover. And that's when, for a while, Venom did go away. Tell the Maximum Carnage storyline. We do get the Sinister Six coming back. Uh, that storyline happens. Harry Osborn officially takes over as the Green Goblin in uh, 1991. I don't the issue where he does it, but he is completely delusional the entire time. He keeps hearing things. You also get the sense he has a son by that point that something is also wrong with little Norman, Norman Jr., um, that is hit because he names his son after his father. Obviously, we talked about Carnage. Uh, and then you finally get a full story. The full history of Doc Ock comes out in Spider-Man Unlimited 3 for November 1993. You knew how he got his arms, but you actually find out how he's so brilliant. His upbringing, you get his full history. And what is, and again, it's been retconned and changed and all that stuff. But what happens at one point, and it was a big deal at the time, Amazing Spider-Man number 400, April 1995, Aunt May dies. And it's a really... If you don't know, it's much like every other comic. If you don't know, it's like Star Trek 2, right? If you don't know, Spock's coming back. And so finally, he gets there. He, he realizes there's nothing he can do. Aunt May is gone. He, he, she was kidnapped, and he has to rescue her, and they can't save her once he gets her back. And basically, the, her last words to him is, you know what? You know I knew all along. I knew you were Spider-Man. I always worried about you, but I knew if you knew I knew you wouldn't be able to do what you needed to do. Mm-hmm. And then she dies. 
and he's obviously you're, you know, he's unconsolable. Um, and so that was a big point in the nineties. And then there's one other, um, point, which may be interesting to some people. So JM, uh, is it Dematis? I don't, I've always, I've never actually heard it pronounced, but anyway, he's the one that took Craven the hunter and made Craven's last hunt, which was a huge story. Craven dies at the end, et cetera, et cetera. Well, 11 years after that, they bring him back to try to do, try to revamp Mysterio and make him also that next tier character. And I bring it up only because uh, there was web spinner tales of the uh, tales of Spider-Man number one. They bring him back and they tell his entire origin as well about how he, why does he end up being the villain that he is? Um, and it really does play out with this idea that does, do these villains have a choice once they start down that trail? And basically it's after the first time he commits a crime and gets caught, he wants to go back to being a special effects guy. He wants to go back, but nobody will hire him because he has a criminal record and then he gets more and more desperate more and more desperate and he realizes i have these this skill set i could make my money and and so it's kind of a morality play and a kind of a commentary about what happens to these people spider-man stops or what if spider-man just would have stopped him and not turned him in and said next time you do it you're going to prison and so there's some interesting things that they play around with morality wise in the 90s as well and that's what i got for the 90s Okay. So in yeah. nineteen in 1999, we have to talk about the release, and it only lasted 13 episodes, and I'm grateful for it. Spider-Man Unlimited. Uh, was Not released. linked to the Spider-Man Unlimited comic. <laughs> no. Uh, so it got released by Saban Entertainment in 1999, uh, and it honestly had, it had fair ratings, but at the same time was also the release of Digimon and Pokemon. And it was quickly overshadowed in Fox Entertainment. So it only lasted 13 episodes, uh, the last ending on a cliffhanger. And like I said, I am not a fan of this. I could go off on the animation style was crappy. The story was boring. Uh, if you're not familiar with uh, Spider-Man Unlimited, Joe, mm -hmm. uh, Spider-Man is on Earth. He is uh, basically uh, running from the law. Everybody hates him but he's still trying to be spider-man uh and uh there's a space a shuttle launch um and he notices that venom and carnage again i can't emphasize how crappy they are drawn in this cartoon they are just absolute terribly they're like these big hunched over yeah. blobs just done terribly um and he tries to thwart them but they end up getting stuck on the rocket ship and landing on a planet called Again, I can't emphasize how terrible the show was. Counter Earth, where their uh, humans are subjugated uh, to a lower existence, uh, and the world is uh, basically ruled by a, a human animal hybrid called Bestials, who are controlled by somebody called the High Evolutionary. Uh, and it just goes on and on. It goes on. It's 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 Peter Parker now having to adjust into a world where he doesn't belong. Uh, uh -huh. and he he meets other he meet for some random reason he meets count heroic counterparts of uh now uh, of the of the green goblin and the vulture on counter earth and he also faces off of like other villains such as uh craven the it's absolutely it's not a great show it's only 13 episodes um 
you know, it, but it has to be mentioned in terms of Spider-Man. What what year was that again, Chad? 1999. That's what I thought because shortly thereafter, after after a certain uh, film, which I'm sure Joe will talk about. Yeah, it was basically, it was, it, you're kind of starting to see uh, that this unfortunately was kind of one of those, you're starting to see the death nail of Saturday morning cartoons around this time. So that was one of those that I feel like just got on and it was just slowly the Saturday morning cartoons were going away, unfortunately. Yeah. Joe, let's go. All right. So <clears throat> rights go back and forth many, many years and Sony ends up with a right. And they hire, they try, there's a bunch of directors. David Fincher was attached to it at one time. Yeah. And Fincher said that he couldn't, they want, he didn't want to do, he wanted to do the death of Gwen Stacy or he wanted to do one of the big, he did not want to do an origin story. And I completely right. understand because I, once again, that's what I love about homecoming. It's not an origin story. And he just could not in his head have a guy getting bit by a spider. And he said he could not make it dramatic. Like, ow. I remember him doing it in the interview. Yeah. He's not the only one, but finally Sony courted and got somebody called Sam Raimi. Now, Sam Raimi actually was, do you know, he was still working on the gift. No, they had to pay Paramount X amount of dollars to take him so they could finish up early. So he could start on Spider-Man. Huh? Um, for you all don't know who Sam Raimi is. Sam Raimi is my favorite director, but he did. Direct. And how could you? And he's one of my favorites as well. And how could you not know Sam Raimi? Well, there's probably maybe somebody who's listening and doesn't know. He directed the first Spider-Man film, and he had already done Darkman, and he had chased after Spider-Man his entire life. There's stories about. Uh, well, isn't isn't the reason Darkman got made is because they didn't give him the shadow? Yeah, he couldn't do the shadow. And, and he loves comics and he loves superheroes yeah. and Spider-Man was his favorite. He said it before in interviews. He could have made Spider-Man the rest of his life. Yeah. And then we got the Spider-Man movie and I loved it or I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was, a, mm -hmm. it was, you got to also look at the time. So that scene at the end is really corny with you mess with one. We're New Yorkers. You mess with us. You mess with all of us. What you don't remember was that we're only about nine months past September 11th, 2001. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and there was a whole thing. And it I went still, back and reshot some of it, remember? Yeah. And also, too, and I wish I had it. I actually had a chance to get it, and I opted not to do it. You, the, the original poster was just a side picture of Spider-Man's head with the Twin Towers in his eyes. Yep. Yep. And they they took it away. They they edited it to have him crawl, which is the one I have. I have the 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 motion of him crawling up the wall looking up. I know where um, he got it. Yeah, I still love it. Yeah. <laughs> I unfortunately don't have it up though. So but anyway. <clears throat> back to my kid becoming obsessed and me asking to do this two-parter about Spider-Man. I've had to rewatch a lot of the movies several, several times. And I always thought that the first Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movie was fun, but probably revisit it. It wouldn't hold up so well. Guys, I, I mean, it's kind of got a Swiss watch screenplay. Yeah. I'm not saying it's got great dialogue, but it bump, bump, bump. One, And there's a lot of stuff now that I know that's all built into that movie. Yeah, it's a it's a it throwaway really, lines all the way through it that are references to a hundred different things that I didn't realize watching it over the years till now. I'm oh yeah. older and I've seen all this stuff. Yeah, he's it, it is a 
in my opinion, it's one of those legit comic book movies. It is. So where do you stand? Go ahead. No, go. You go for ask what your question. Where do you stand with? Although I love the way they in in No Way Home how they addressed it with the web shooters. So Uh, that that and that is the one thing that stood from James Cameron's. James, that was James Cameron's original idea was we're getting rid of the shooters. It's going to be organic. And that was what the studio wanted, if I'm not mistaken. That actually trant that trant that fell into Sam Raimi's script. The thing is, is actually it works for me as a person coming in from the outside. I like it. I do. Cause I've I'm always the purist. Had- I, I I like the old I, I think it takes away from how brilliant peter parker's it does it takes away from how smart he is and also takes away from it takes away drama of him having to refill them right mm-hmm. and that's the big thing is uh, i have but to it refill makes them. more sense from an outside perspective that they would be organic because i mean that's because i that's mean that's I, I think that's what I, uh, you, what you said about the drama joe real quick i think that's it because literally every if you read spider-man comics in the 80s it um, was at least every third issue. It was all crap I'm following. Oh, my God. No, the, the 1994 animated series, every episode was almost, oh, no, I'm out of web shooters. Yeah. All I'm design. out of web. Build the drama. I do. I, I'm not. But. But why didn't he, you know, if he had shit that would let him do that, why didn't he patent that and skip college? So here, here's what. So I, I agree. I like that aspect of it, that they made it organic. It never bothered me. And here's my here's here's my counterpoint to James about this. Spider-Man as a superhero, I guys, again, I want to reiterate, one of my top 10 favorite comic book heroes, but his powers are weird that he gets yeah. from a spider. And yeah. when they made it organic, I'm like, oh, now they gave him something that he should have gotten from a spider. <laughs> I, yeah. Not like, because in the comics, James, again, I'm not a comic historian on Spider-Man. Doesn't he get the formula from the bite? No, I thought I thought there was like a story arc where it's oh it's he got the ideas and the formula from the actual spider it, it changed his brain to where he was able to create the formula. No, he used his scientific. Okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, and by the way, I'm sure there's a storyline out there somewhere. There was at one point a point where there was a spider totem that was giving him extra power. Oh my god! I mean, there's Chad. There's by, by the way, the the Madam Web movie is going to suck as much as Morbius did. I don't know what Sony's doing, but go ahead. Yeah, Madam Web. I didn't a, see I mean, Morbius yet. It's a by the way, I, I wanted either. to bring I up want to. this is very relevant to our topic. If you have seen the Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. and you have not yet watched our episode where we interview Tim Storms. I agree. Yeah. You oh, need to, in the suit. Yeah. Tim Storms was a stunt. He actually also did uh he was a stunt trainer for parts two and three. He actually plays a chainsaw doctor in part two. Look yep. at that scene. God, I still um, have my favorite favorite interviews. Tim Storm is he's a he he also by the way is Patrick Stewart's stunt double yeah and so he told us a lot of stories about Picard and also uh, what was the other he talks about some other shows where he doubled and also Logan if you've not heard our Tim Storm interview he's seriously really finish this one James James him. Yeah. Uh, he's a fascinating human being check him out um, and he actually just recently started doing conventions so um, but I say all that to say I wanted to bring this up because Chad mentioned one animated series I want to bring up another one. Before they did Spider-Man 2, mm-hmm. there was Spider-Man, the new animated series. Is this um, the one with Neil Patrick Harris? I was about to say, so it was meant to be what they tried to do after the um, uh, uh, animated abortion Chad talked about. <laughs> Got it. Animated abortion. 
And we, by um, the way, James, we'll come, we'll revisit your conversation about Spider-Man, but go ahead. Oh, no, okay. Uh, well, quick, we're, um, we're over an hour again. I know. I know. I knew we were going to. So it, this only ran for 13 episodes as well. It was originally on MTV, but it was meant to be a direct continuation of Spider-Man. Now, here's what's funny about this. Most people love the plot. They thought the casting was great. They thought everything else was phenomenal. Uh, because, by the way, the voice talent on this was, as Chad said, Neil Patrick Harris, Lisa Loeb, uh, Keith Carradine was J. Jonah Jameson. Hold on, uh, Jameson. Lisa Loeb. And you say you don't yep. Yep. I, I mean, want to feel pretty yeah, they, And great. by the way, Neil, Neil Patrick Harris and Lisa Loeb dated for a long time. Did Lisa know? It was shortly, I think, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember the right, it, it was shortly afterwards where he found out. Um, about anyway, Lisa's affair <laughs> it had but you know what most people hate about this and by the way guys was, we're all we're all close to am I the am I the only one who had a legit crush on Lisa Loeb I mean I wouldn't I call know. it a crush but I would I, I mean I can't say oh god I had a huge crush on Lisa Loeb I'm not yeah she um, Jennifer Conley but uh uh hmm. Originally, it was considered a direct follow-up, but it also pulled from the Ultimate, Ultimate Spider-Man comic books, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, premiered in 2003, aired for basically your 13 episodes of animation. Uh, the only problem is the most people hated the animation. It was done by cell shading instead of traditional yeah, animation. It's, 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 it's not good. I couldn't and, watch it. Uh, most people agreed that's what killed the show. Uh, it wasn't the scripts. Everybody really liked it. And then when Spider, and even though Stan, or even though Sam Raimi kind of had agreed, oh, it can be a continuation, Spider-Man 2 came out and changed everything the cartoon said would happen. So there you go. So, yeah, I mean, we're going over an hour again. It looks like we're going to be doing a three-parter. Um, woo no, well, uh, real quick, real quick. Can I also I think, bring up another another talent that was involved in the voiceover work? Yeah, yeah. This is really actually. There's two or three names I want to mention. Do you know who did the voice of Kirk Connors? Remember, this is MTV's airing a Spider-Man cartoon. Uh huh. See, in this version, the lizard had to burn through the witches. Oh, Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie was the voice of Doctor Kirk Connors. Uh, real quick, just FYI, Michael Dorn was Craven the Hunter. Mm -hmm. Jeffrey Combs was Dr. Zellner. And uh, Clancy Brown was a bodyguard. And Virginia Madsen was the voice of, a voice of Silver Sable. Hmm. So, um, I do want to revisit the the original Spider Sam Raimi Spider-Man because like I said, I agree with Joe, which still holds up. Yeah, let's, the, let's... The, or, the organic shooters. Sorry, Joe. No, I was just like, we'll come back to it and talk about it a little bit. Yeah, the organic shooters, it really doesn't bother me. I'm not a, I'm, I, I am not a purist. That I think it was a nice twist. It didn't bother me. And it, it honestly led to some interesting parts about part two. Um, the one thing that I really had a problem with, and I, I had it a problem with, I had a problem with it then, and I have a problem with it now, is still the suit, uh, Green Goblin suit. And I'm, yeah, I hate to be that it, person. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I would have liked Willem to have Defoe seen... saves it. Yeah. And what kills me is you have to see his, you have, uh, now you can see it in high def. Yeah. You can see his face. But you had to look really close through that mesh screen to see his mouth moving mm -hmm. and see his facial gestures that he was doing. Um, and then when the, the, the shields came up and you could see his eyes, 
that did it. But that suit, man, I wish I could. I, that's the one thing I wish I could correct. Uh, yeah, and, I agree I, with you. And, and you know, we see the, te- you see the tests. You can, you can YouTube the test screenings of the, when they were actually going to turn him into a legitimate monster and the robot face. And that wouldn't have worked as well. Mm-hmm. I wish there was something, because even when I still remember when they finally released the costumes, um, they released both Spider-Man and Green Goblins at the same time. It made me excited when I saw the Spider-Man costume, but then when I saw Green Goblin, I'm like, ah, damn, is that what they're doing? Yeah, he just looks like, and in this, he looks I like can't remember Ranger. who, he looks like a Power Ranger. Yeah, yeah. that's the problem, and, and it doesn't work with the rest of the movie. And if you get a chance, and it's been released, you can find it. There's actually copies of it to sell, and then certificate of authenticity. But Bernie Rotson, the late great Bernie Rotson, yeah, because yeah. he went off, he went, he went about that in that that session we talked when we were yeah he, talk. he yeah. did uh he did concept art going back to ghostbusters but he did do some for Raimi's spider-man and you can get online and look at sam Raimi's, you know what he did for sam Raimi to pitch green goblin and it's 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 close to the comics as far as the face and everything but it's his hands are different and everything and and i just love bernie rison's artwork even if it wasn't linked to spider-man but so if you've never seen that check it out so and we'll get it we'll, we'll get into this in part three but that's what i kind of liked about the last spider-man film was how they did his costume now granted he didn't have the face it was just literally norman osborne with but the way they did the costume of him ripped in tatter tatter throwback it was i mean for it was beautiful i was like that's what it should have been there should have been some tweaks to make him turn into a goblin i I, because i still love that aspect of it but yeah i mean i thought that was perfect and i was was like ah they should have done it that way um but yeah no that's that i will never shit on sam raimi um well maybe a little for for part three if i don't know if we're getting to that today or not and we'll get we'll get into it next time and again you all have heard this but we'll save it for next episode i've got a couple things with part two to get to me oh my god really because i i I still think part part two is the best spider-man film no part two is the best lord of the rings film now watch joe explode two towers is the best lord of the rings film it's not yes it is Oh my God! This is one of those that movie. That God, we, we, hold we, on, we, wait, we, wait. We, let we me make it even feet. worse. Joe, if you start championing the second Hobbit movie one more time, I'm just oh gonna lose God. it. I'm gonna lose it, Joe. They did have that barrel run. Oh, is that part two? <laughs> yeah, I don't I remember. Did. I've not uh, went back to watch them. I'm, I haven't I'm either. Edge. I've got. I've got, got the ultra. Them my kid. I've got the ultra special editions, and I've never watched them. This is I don't have story, By the way, real quick, I know we got to wrap up. They're not into plastic. Not down. We got them out of plastic. Either. I've never gotten out of plastic. Real <laughs> quick, I've got to share the story. So, so Joe, as you know, uh, I, I think you're involved in one of the reasons I have them. I've got the extended cut of the Lord of the Rings. Right? I've got all three. Well, of them. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember buying it for you. I think you bought me one of. Them. I think you bought me actually two towers because it was. It's Joe bought me mine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. anyway, so I yeah. was. Uh, I, I decided. I'm a really just, good friend, you fuckholes. I, I mean, you didn't buy me the one that came with the statue, though. Let's not. Yeah, let's not over I have the one with the statue. <laughs> yeah, thanks. The previous fuckholes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what I was gonna say is, I when I, I also I, didn't get the Necronomicon, the Evil Dead. I, oh, I got both too. of those. I don't I have both. both. I, he has Evil Dead too. I just have the one. Yeah, Evil Dead too. Laughs at you and mocks you. Several fuckholes. But anyway, what I was going to say is, I, I decided I would like my kids. He did like, give me the story? copy of the fog, though. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Oh, we man. have one of those bowling green major Corvettes going into fuckholes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Built it up look, for you. I just wanted up, to build kids. it up a look little up. bit. Look it up. Stink hole. Anyway, speaking of extended editions and all that stuff, my kids wanted to watch Lord of the Rings. They're like, what's about? I'm like, oh, I got it. I, I made them, and it's been about two years ago, so they were a little bit younger. I grabbed the extended edition with Bill the Pony and all that stuff to introduce them to the first movie. That was a mistake. Oh, dude. They were like, does this, does this move anytime soon? Yeah. And I'm like, don't you get the... And I was like, no, I should have started with theatrical. I made yeah, a mistake. No, They're not uh, ready for it. It's kind of funny. James and I had the same... And I know we're talking about Spider-Man, and we got a wrap. And we should probably do a whole series on a whole episode on Lord of the Rings. Well, yeah, but, before our six thousand seven hundred eighty-two episodes are done. Yeah, I made the mistake of doing the same thing. Of why did I, I, I was, that I was on a, I was on a roll with my kids and introducing them to movies that I love. And my daughter, my oldest daughter, was sick one day, like really sick, and she goes, "Daddy, can I please watch something that you love?" I don't know why she said that, but I'm like, okay. I don't either because I don't ever hear that. Yeah. I'm like, okay, we're going to watch Lord of the Rings. In this movie, Debbie goes to Dallas. And then, and then she, <laughs> she told me to explain her to her Lord of the Rings. And she goes, daddy, I got to watch that. Please let's watch that. So I put it in and like an idiot, I showed her the extended edition and it didn't even get to, to, uh, it, Dude, not it has Bilbo's narration of what the fuck a hobbit is. Yeah. No, not Helm's deep. We're, we're the, where, where they where they formed the the, the fellowship oh he's, what's the uh, name of the town it's not ravenwood it's uh shit but anyway no, indiana jones married her they yeah. almost made it there and that's when all the interesting stuff starts and she's like daddy i can't go anymore please watch something else and she's never gone back to it and i'm like i failed as a father i should have yeah. showed her the theatrical version <laughs> if it makes you feel better that wasn't where you failed <laughs> <laughs> as a father yeah, I know. There's, yeah, there's a lot many, many, many years ago. Yeah. She she uh, actually said, I want to watch something way better than this, like Willow. And you know, since you're not both complete sink fuckholes, Chad did give me that cool Gandalf fighting the Balrog. Yeah. That my son now takes down every two months to fight with, and I end up inevitably having to find that little damn sword. I'm sorry. That's okay. For years, is, 20 is, years it's been on a shelf, not bothered. That is a cool thing, though. <laughs> it's a cool thing, especially, and I, I didn't know that it'd be a second gift later when he's reenacting it with the scene. Yeah. You shall not pass. God, I remember my That's poor the only sick, part he's watched, by the way. He just wanted to watch that. My poor sick daughter in bed. I'm like, but honey, we haven't got to the bell rock yet. I'm like, you're going to love it if you get to the bell or the cave troll. They have a the cave, cave troll. troll. And she's like, Daddy, I can't do it. I'm like, oh, did you did it. you did you make sure that you looked at your daughter in her state of illness and see you see a cave <laughs> troll is what Superman has to fight. And they call it Doomsday, but we all know that's the same oh, cave troll. He was just out of work. I still can't uh, I see all these polls about fucking Zack snyder still pisses me off anyway let's get to spider-man so we can wrap this up well so <laughs> well, i we think that's a good point out though I, I think this is a good way to kind of wrap up because spider-man at this point has went full circle we finally get a big and budget thankfully Zack snyder has never touched him we get a big budget hugely successful launch to spider-man i mean there had been super, there had been marvel superhero films everybody forgets or doesn't talk about it as much I mean, Blade was a success. So yep. it's not that not that 
you know, the first success Marvel had on the silver screen was Spider-Man, but Spider-Man did come along and outdid expectation. Well, it's over $400 million. It was the biggest damn movie of the year. Yeah. yeah. And, and how could it not be with a good, sweet Nickelback tune? Oh, I'm so high. I'm in Actually, it wasn't Nickelback, right? It was just Chad Kroger. No, it was Kroger. just Chad Kroger. Oh, yeah. I thought it was actually Nickelback. I didn't know it was Chad Kroger. No, it was just Chad Kroger. Kroger and another dude. Oh. So, Chad, I'm so high. I never. Oh, God. Even with, I will not crap on I, I won't crap on Nickelback, but I've never been a fan. And then that was their chosen soundtrack song. And I was like, uh, God, I couldn't even watch the music video. But it does have Macy Gray in the middle of it singing. And that, that, that's another one of my, my problems with the movie is I hate that. I don't like that scene. I'm okay with it. But I like Macy Gray's other song. Yeah. I like Macy Gray. There we go. So but, we'll, uh, but we'll anyway, so of... I think that's a good way to wrap it up, though, because we and do we... have right a yeah. successful. We now Spider Man has been in all franchises except except, and we'll talk about this for next episode. Of course, he hasn't made it yet to Broadway. <gasps> Tune in next time. Wait, there's a twist. Tune in next time. <laughs> I want to be a producer of a big show on Broadway. You know, I sit here and talk about how uh, we'll end after this. We, I was going to talk about at the beginning of the episode how I know I'm getting old because I can't stand the 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 weekend. I hate that I can't stand any of his songs. Oh, and that's really? how I know I'm getting old. I, I don't even mind the weekend. I can't stand his. I, can't I love the weekend. But yeah, no, but, then, but I can never complain because we had nickel back. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>